what's good, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Cohort Progression Podcast. What's up, City Rocks or Rock and Metal Thrive? May the 4th be with you, everybody, because it is Tuesday, May 4th. It is Star Wars Day. Also, happy birthday to one of my friends, Josh, who I haven't seen in like 10 years almost at this point. Happy birthday, Josh. Yeah, I'm still saying happy birthday to him. So, we've got a great episode for you today as... Again, when it comes to Metalcore, you guys know I love this stuff, and I'm going to be bringing you even more great stuff with Justin Fornoff from the band Wrist Meat Razor. They have a brand new album called Replica of a Strange Love coming out on June 11th. Yes, we talk about them. We talk about the concepts of the album. We talk about the idea behind it, but we also get in-depth with how music just connects with us emotionally and how I think the biggest thing to take away from this is when it comes to the year that we just went through with 2020 and into 2021 and when we can finally get back to normal with live music, that artists have the best chance in order to tell the history of what has happened to us, whether artists or musicians through 2021. Yes, of course, you know, it's going to be written in the history books, but that's more binary. That's that's more, you know, plain black and white. But when it comes to describing the emotions, of course, you're not going to get that in a book. You want to know how you're going to get that and really feel that through the music that's going to be created over the next couple of years. So it's going to be something that's incredible. Remember, please as a toll for this podcast, please refer us to a friend that loves rock and metal music. So please welcome Justin. Yes, Justin Fornoff. I said Josh for some reason. Please welcome Justin Fornoff from the band Wrist Meat Razor. Are you guys ready? You better be. Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. You know me. You know me. I love my punk rock, hard rock, and of course, I love me some metalcore as well. And anytime I get to hear bands coming out with some brand new stuff, I'm always down for it, always in for it. And when I got this band's information to me, I'm like, let's take a listen. I listen to the song. And I'm like, uh, yeah, can we get them on the podcast? And boom, here we are today. Please welcome to the podcast from the band Wrist Meat Razor, Mr. Justin Fornoff. So Justin, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you here. How's everything going in your world on this uh, day and age? You know, it's going. We're uh, we're moving along every day. Hopefully, getting closer to being on the road, putting out a record soon. So, again, with the new record coming out soon, and you guys want to get back on the road. I mean, hell, for all those fans, we want you guys to get back on the road because we want to get back into the crowds. We want to get back into seeing live music. And if you're like me, probably getting hurt in a mosh pit. In a mosh pit, but you know what? I haven't I haven't been hurt in a mosh pit in over a year. I miss that. Yeah. Yeah, that's all the all the familiarities of uh, playing shows have been sorely missed. I think everyone agrees. Oh, everyone does. And just again, seeing like with different things come out over the course of the net, like last couple of weeks where all of a sudden it's different festivals. You know, they're going to get they're getting to the go ahead, different lineup releases for those. And then some different things. Well, it's there are people that are just getting amped up for it, like myself. I recently saw, of course, with um. I think a big one that people are really going to take a little bit of a hit on is MCR postponing everything until 2022. And it, it, again, it does suck, but you know, what are you going to do about it? Right, right, right. No, I was reading about that this morning too. I understand. I understand where a band like My Chemical Romance is coming from though. I mean, they, um, they're going to draw some of the biggest numbers of anyone in rock music right now. And so I feel like they have a, they feel like they have a duty to their fans. So I, 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 uh, I can appreciate that, respect that mm-hmm. for sure. I can understand as well. I'm, I think you can take out just rock music and put music in general because just the cultural impact they had on anybody that was, I mean, anywhere between the ages, I would say 20 and 40 as of right now, it's those would be the people that are going to go to those shows and pack those crowds. So it makes a lot of sense for them to understand that 
it might not be the best time right now as everything's starting to open back up to gather at that point. But then next year, hopefully you get the go ahead and all of a sudden people are going to have that like and like that angsty anticipated MCR show. The energy is going to be there because they were gone for so long. They were on hiatus for so long and all of a sudden they came back and then the pandemic hit and then they had a schedule tour. Now that got postponed again. It's just the energy is going to be absolutely insane for that. And the amount of people that are going to want to show up for that is going to be enormous. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be cool. I'm glad uh, I'm glad things are are starting to at least get to the point where we can have dates to look forward to. You know, oh, absolutely, it's going to help out a lot with mentality for people that love music that uh, perform live as well. Because now we have that. It's kind of like we have that image in the future. It's like okay, we have something to look forward to. We have something set instead of we don't know what the hell is going to happen in the next like year or so we have an idea right 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 it's better than some of the uh early predictions of 2023 and whatever else that was no oh, yeah when i saw that first one i was like yes yeah, might not be back to like 2023 i'd be like it better not be that long right right <laughs> I, I i kind of always i felt very strongly that that was it was a, a very safe estimation but it was way over over jumps so i felt good about that but even i mean just seeing those those words and like the press is kind of, it's kind of jarring. Even if you are a musician and you feel like that's not going to be true, it's, it's still jarring to see. It, it still is because again, it gives, it has a fact of if this is going to be the worst case scenario, I mean, you, you wouldn't be playing live for three years at that point. Oh yeah. The, and the, the, like the logistics of it are insane as a musician. Like if that were to be the case, the logistics of even like continuing a band that, tours regularly and is like able to keep its head above water not being able to do a show for three years is like it's a death knell almost you know oh it absolutely would have been i mean even with the pandemic how many different bands that we didn't even know about especially on a smaller scale that were, were really starting to like gain a name for themselves maybe in a local scene or more in a regional scene have had to split up or just completely disband right. because of the pandemic. And it's basically due to factors that aren't even on their own. It's not musical differences and artistic differences. It's just the fact that, you know, the world kind of fucked us over. Yeah. Yeah. And also like when you have that kind of momentum and then you lose it, it all stops at once. You kind of, it becomes a morale thing. And then it becomes like a, you know, getting guys on, on board that want to tour all the time. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of different factors that kind of, uh, have gone into the COVID thing that a lot of people probably don't even think about when it comes to like your favorite bands touring and stuff there. There's way more than just, you know, what you see. Yeah. Cause even when you just brought up the morale thing, I didn't even think of that at the first place too. Just thinking about it with how much we've seen over the course of the past, just over a year at this point with COVID-19 and with everything being shut down, all of us kind of having to be more isolated in terms of the people that we hang out with the people who see the isolate away from large crowds all of a sudden you know we're able to go back out there and you guys are able to go back out on the road what are some of those band members thinking that might have families that might have uh loved ones that might be immunocompromised they might not want to go out on tour anymore because they would rather make sure their family is safe than them go out on tour and basically do what they do right or or even um, the other aspect of it is that maybe they can't go on tour anymore because they have a new job that basically is keeping them afloat. And uh, when you're not, when you're a, a full-time musician and you go from touring, you know, eight to 10 months a year to going to touring zero months a year, you know, it's, it, it's a big hit for sure. It's a huge hit. Oh, absolutely. And it's not like we're not talking about bands that like, you know, 
like I'll use Metallica as an example. It's yeah, they're going touring all the time. And all of a sudden it's just, you get that cutoff right there. However, with how much um, kind of social currency and social value they have had built over the past 40 years within the rock and metal like sphere, people are going to be listening to music because like, people are going to still be buying their merch. People are still going to be supporting them in some way, but there are still those other bands that you would see come through, you know, your more, your concert, all stuff, maybe headline venues that had like a thousand, 2000 capacity. Those are the ones that potentially are really struggling because it's those guys are going out on tour consistently almost right. every single month of every single year. And all of a sudden yep. now that stops. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nervous for the fact that there are bands that I probably saw in 2019 that I'm never gonna be able to see again because of something like this. Yeah. It's a, it's a real possibility. I, I, a lot of what the day, a lot of the damage that's been done over the last year probably won't be seen for a while. You won't really see like who, has been hit the hardest until, you know, things have kind of returned a little bit and then it'll be a whole different ballpark, I think. I think that's a good way to put it too, just because we don't know exactly who's all, you know, still doing well. We don't know who's on the fence. We don't know who's on the cusp of potentially calling it quits over everything that's happened. Plus what happens when concerts do return and live music does return, especially with the venues that we've lost. Again, Mm -hmm. there's a smaller supply of stages and a much higher demand for bands to get on those stages. So what happens if right. bands that are trying to get back on the stages just can't do it due to the fact that everybody else is trying to get on those stages and get that time? Right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of factors to the whole thing, which I mean, and that's, I guess, the more kind of negative aspect of this, which is tough too. I like to try to focus on what's working though right now, especially after a whole year of everyone focusing on how failed and broken everything is you know that's a good way that's a good way to put a good way to segue too because yeah why should we focus on all the stuff that's not going well let's focus on the stuff that is going well again we got concerts come back especially with 2021 especially with what just happened the previous year there are a lot of bands that are coming out with brand new music that is kicking ass right now and you got a brand new album coming out as well i think it's on june 11th correct right yeah, so we're getting all this great new stuff to come out. It seems like every single week, it's just I'm looking at the release dates for things, especially I'll use June as an example, too, because I'm looking at the release dates. Like every week in June, when something comes out, I'm like, there are at least two albums I'm super duper psyched for every single week. And I'm just thinking, man, I'm loving this. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a good time to be a music fan, I think, for sure, which is definitely much more positive for, you know, maybe not the industry at large, but the the musicians that are, you know, kind of struggling after the last year yeah it's just there's so many more people that are ready for this stuff and it's just when you especially with people still you know the pandemic we're still seeing the effects of it as well from people not necessarily want to gather in these large groups right now or you know slowly reopening so people still kind of have that little uh more isolation a little more bubble time so when it comes to trying to find something new you know music is consistently churning out especially rock and metal consistently churning out new stuff every single week i mean the day we're shooting this podcast I was looking at the new albums that came out. There were like five, there was five albums in one EP that I was super duper excited for. And I spent the whole entire day listening to them before this. I'm just thinking, my God, this is like, this is as a fan. This is so much fun. Right, right, right. No, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff right now. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to hearing when uh Rep Cup of Strange Love comes out on June 11th. Again, there's your little plug right there for everybody that's listening because, oh, we'll pl- I'll plug that thing pretty much, you know, probably seven or eight more times during this whole entire podcast. So don't worry about that. But I got to ask about this brand new album because, of course, you know, that's pretty much the reason why I got to know uh, hear about you guys, especially with the single Last Tango in Paris. So I got to ask, 
with when it came to this album, was this something that, especially during the pandemic, were you influenced a lot by what was going on during that time? And what were you really writing this album about? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not about any one particular thing, but it, it is absolutely about the uh, I think we got to a point during the uh, pandemic where there was no real way to contextualize a lot of the things that were happening. And I started to feel that the only way we were ever going to get a context to this was once records started coming out, that's kind of spoke to the situations at hand. And so I, I wanted this record in small part to, you know, be context to 2020. And I think it plays a very, um, good role in, in kind of um in kind of rounding out the the moment which I, I i was trying to do in a way that i i thought wasn't really getting done by other bands at least I, I don't know i feel like moments like this are kind of hard to talk about a lot of people feel certain ways and, and i think it's natural to try to escape it but i've always been one to dive into situations like this with um you know with a little bit of uh brash like not really caring what you know other people are going to think so i tried to put it into into a context that i thought um spoke to me and then besides that the record isn't the record isn't exactly as easy as just putting it in one box it, it's supposed to be something that kind of goes in different directions and, and speaks to different things but i think the overall context is very much molded by you know what's been going on I think that's a good way to go about it too, because if you take a look at the base of everything and the events that happened in 2020, yeah, you're going to see a lot of different events, a lot of different things, a lot of different emotions that happened. But if you're not going to, like, if you're going to try and focus on something even grander as well, but use that as kind of your, kind of your launch point as an example, what's going to happen is, is you're, when you create these songs, you're going to end up creating songs that play off of the emotions of everything that had happened, the things that people were feeling. And that can connect with people in many different ways, not just what happened in 2020, but also maybe what happened previously in life that connect them with that, you know, maybe like a feeling of happiness, a feel of desperation, depression, whatever it might be. Because one of my favorite quotes is art decorates space, but music decorates time. So with you kind of going through this whole entire idea and trying to create something grander, what you're going to end up doing is you're going to end up kind of connecting people with a little bit of that jumping point of what happened in 2020, but then they're going to be able to relate to your music and really understand it and really dive deep into it and really let that affect them positively through different aspects of their life and different experiences they had even prior to 2020. Hell, even maybe when they were like little kids and all of a sudden there's just something that just pops up that they remember that they seen one of your songs. It's something that could easily take them back and just shine a light of positivity or just happiness on them at any given moment. Oh, undeniably so. And um, and that also speaks to, you know, kind of one of our uh, ideals as a band. And I think it's mostly to not chase exact genres or exact trends in music, but more to write timeless music that will be, you know, that can be listened to for decades and still be good. So I, uh, yeah, I agree with that, that, uh, that uh, quote a lot. Yeah. And it's, and it's not an easy thing to do, to do something like that. Like you said, like to create that more timeless music that people are going to be able to go back to at any given moment and relate to it with so many different things. Trust me, there are times like you think about certain music that does have that like long standing feel, but there, it is kind of in a way dated just based on the fact of when it came out. I mean, take a look at hair metal, you listen to hair metal, you're automatically thinking the eighties, you think of grunge or like Scott punk. I'm thinking the nineties with that kind of thing. But what you're trying to go for, it seems like 
when people are going to listen to it, it's going to be something that's going to be more uniquely your own, but also be something where I could listen to this, you know, back when, let's say go back to 2003, 2004, when Metalcore was really getting, getting it going, getting like popularity with bands like Killswitch Engage as they lay dying, but then jump into, let's say 2035, 2040, and the bands are working in there, all of a sudden pull up some wrist meets Raider, wrist, uh, miss, wrist meat razor, man, there's my first flub up of the day. Thank <laughs> you, everybody. You can roast me in the comments on that one. But going back to wrist meat Raiders are all of a sudden like 2035, going back to what you guys did this time, there might be somewhere all of a sudden it felt, it felt like it come out, you know, back in 2021, but also it feels like come out in 2035. You could potentially have something like that. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, it's, it's undeniable that the influences are there and I, I would never try to take that from anyone that, you know, wants to compare it to other things. Cause I think that's the, um, that's the duty of the listener to kind of, you know, come to their own conclusions while they're listening to music. I think that's what makes uh, music so magical in a lot of ways is um, you can create whatever you want with it and you can relate to it in whatever way you want. So I would never take that from anyone, but I would say from our perspective, they are influences. They aren't, we aren't trying to emulate something. So. Oh, oh no, even listening to Last Tango in Paris, I was trying to think about like, okay, what am I, like, when it comes to sound, what can I relate this to? And I was even thinking, I was trying to piece it together. I'm thinking, honestly, I don't know what the heck I'd relate this to. Like, I'd relate this to like, this is, it, this is definitely metalcore for me, but I don't know exactly what the hell I'd relate, relate this to because I'm finding like certain little pieces of different influences that I've seen and heard over the past. Like all of a sudden, oh, in the, in the verse that you do, there's this influence here and the chorus, here's this influence I've seen from here. All of a sudden in the verse that Isaac from knock loose has. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Knock loose. If I got that wrong, I'm going to be real mad at myself. No, you're, now. you're right. You're right. Okay. Cause I listened to your song like five times. I went to deep dive into it and I listened to five times beforehand and I want to make sure I got that right. So yes, yes. but like yes. listening to his verse as well, it has, it feels like there's a completely different influence just based off of the different vocals. Like it's, it's something mm -hmm. where it feels like there's a different influence in each section of the song. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's actually a pretty fair assessment. And I think uh, even more so in a more uh, total kind of feel, the whole record kind of goes in that direction. So really? Yeah, I, 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 in my opinion, I think that the entire record follows the same kind of format of Last Tango in that there isn't one genre that's played throughout and the whole record kind of can stand up on its own as a whole or can stand up in individual kind of uh ideas or songs so yeah no i think so and that's that's a cool piece to have as well and i mean i'll i'll relate to an album that just recently came out i'll relate to sleep society by while she sleeps because i've listened to that album a good amount already even though it came out the day we were shooting this and there are certain songs in that album where i'm like they don't necessarily in my opinion fit where the album is going but over the overall theme, the overall flow of it, like there's time for it fits, time for it doesn't. But there's one time like if you remove that and put that as a single, I'm like, huh, I think it would just it, like if it if it wasn't on that, I'm like, I probably would love this thing so much more just based off of that. But then again, I'm thinking, however, if I listen to this thing and I just pull it out of nowhere once, man, I might be thinking the same thing. So it does have that same kind of feel where it's like I know I can see where you're going from where you want these songs to as an album, as a whole cohesive unit to connect in every certain in a certain way. But you also want them to be something where if people are going to, oh, pull up a song from uh, Wrist Meat Razor and all of a sudden they pull up this album and they pick something, no matter what they pick, people are going to, or people around them are going to be like, dude, yeah, or something like right. that. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And I, I think 
also to that extent, like you write as a musician, you write music kind of to speak um, to the moment, but then you put together records to have a general, a general aesthetic and a general theme. Even if sometimes, you know, that general theme is kind of harder for other people to see. And I think for this record, especially, I was really influenced by um, as far as like organizing goes, at least when it comes to album organizations. Um, me personally was really I was really interested by um, kind of classic records like uh, Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails that aren't exactly there's not one concept throughout the record. Like it's not a concept record but it kind of is a concept record like it it's an emotional concept record and then at times it's it's uh even more of like a uh kind of a, a roller coaster ride and so it's following different different momentums and then kind of going in and out and i i thought that that kind of thing was always something that i um i related to even more than you know actual you know concept concept records that are like a movie so i think that this record I think Replica of a Strange Love is very much um, akin to something like that. So now you're making me look more even forward to the time this thing releases due to the fact that one thing I've talked with a couple other artists as well, and one thing I'm big on is take a look at how people consume music today, especially through streaming services, through YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever it might be. And it's kind of like you just pick and choose everything. But if you go back to kind of like what you're talking about, formatting this album and kind of layering it so that it kind of has more of that classical album structure feel to it, like with that Nine Inch Nails album, it's kind of like you want to listen to this thing from top to bottom and really go through that emotion, go through that whole entire roller coaster. Because on albums that I've done that for, it's like you really want to go and do that to experience the whole entire thing, experience the music the way the artist wants you to experience the music in terms of, okay, this song, I want you to experience this one first because it might make you feel this way. And all of a sudden, I'm going to hit you with this, maybe lighten up a little bit, maybe lift you up. And all of a sudden, boom, I'm going to hit you with something super heavy and just go through this overall emotional feel. So by the time you get done with the album, you're literally sitting on the floor, take off your headphones and just say, holy shit, what did I just go through? Because I've done yeah. that before and it's amazing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's a very cool thing. I'm a big fan of like cinema too. And I feel like that's, you know, good movies kind of have the same thing going on for them. Like they are able to... Uh, evoke a, a, a number of different emotions and then you know once it's over it feels like it was a full experience like you've almost like lived a different life and so i don't know I, if you're capable of doing that with a record i i think it's uh, a great accomplishment so that's something that was attempted here for sure oh, oh absolutely like even using the movie thing example as well just to kind of connect it more with people out there that might not necessarily listen to the full entire album all the way through you should because think about with the movie, you might be watching it and you're really getting fully immersed in the overall themes, the emotions behind it. And there are times where all of a sudden you're, you're watching it and you're going through that roller coaster and you're relating certain emotions in that movie to yourself and to your personal experiences or you're watching the movie and sometimes I do this. So I'm like, I keep thinking like, okay, if I was in this movie, what would I be doing in this scene, this scene, this scene? All of a sudden when you're listening to a full on album, it's kind of like the artist is taking you through, kind of guiding you through this experience of emotion, no matter what it might be. But it's not like they're holding your hand and like, okay, now you're going here, here. It's like, I'm taking you to this emotion. And once you get there, your mind's just going to end up taking you into a certain uh, memory, into a certain emotion, to a certain path. All of a sudden, you're going to end up getting lost in your whole entire self. And all of a sudden, this soundtrack is basically just going to connect with you on a more personal, spiritual, emotional, mental, whatever kind of level it might be. It's truly something that is incredible. And again, that's why I'm a big proponent of 
if you're going to come out, if you're going to have an album and you're going to want to listen to a band's new album, listen to it from top to bottom first. Listen all the way through. Really take it in. Because if you kind of like go through it piece by piece, you're going to miss out on so much that's there. Yeah. And good bands, classic bands, bands that that care, will always put a lot of effort into the structures of their CDs. Um, it's kind of a modern thing, but I think also the the other side of that coin is that if you are a good band, you're able to write good singles as well so that they can stand up on their own. Um, but if you're a fan of, a, of any kind of band and you think that their art and their creativity is what has drawn you to them, I would absolutely recommend listening to their full records because they put so much time and effort into the order of that. It's oh, just part of the part of the artistic part thing of it, you know. It's part of the beauty of it too, because even there's times like again, go back to movies. There are times you watch movies and you f- see certain things in there and you feel certain emotions that you kind of find out certain things about yourself just through that movie. Right. Now when it comes right. to music, I think that's a lot more honestly, if you go through a whole entire album, I think it's a lot more common because again, you're being guided to those emotions, to those memories but it's your memories that are taking over. It's not, you know, you're kind of, sometimes in the movie you're distracted kind of by what's going on with the music. It's the sound. And it just, again, it, like I said, it, with that quote, it decorates time. So it just takes you back to the certain emotion, certain time. And it's, it's transcendent in a way. And all of a sudden you, you might be listening to a song. Like I did it with, um, when Polaris came out with the death of me in 2020, I was driving, listening to the whole entire thing through and through when above my head came on, like right as it was done, I almost pulled over to the side of the highway and stopped because I was just, it was, it was one of the most crazy, transcendent, just intense experiences ever. And it was, I probably wouldn't have gotten to that point had I not gone through the album run through from top to bottom. And I, I kind of had to stop after song number, after, because it was song number seven, I had three left, but I'm like, what the hell did I just go through? Yeah, no, good, good music sticks with you, especially when it comes to like the, uh, the building up of, of a good song and kind of the way that it comes in on a record. Sometimes the the impact is less if you just listen to it by, your, by itself. That's what I think, at least. Oh, and th- I've even talked about some other people at this too, but like one, I think the best ways to go about listening to music too, especially an album, at night, go in your car, go for a drive, put it on and have the only thing that's in front of you to notice is like just the road because you kind of have a little bit of concentration on reality, but the music just, and it just lets you get into it and you're kind of in your own little box at that point and you're so focused on that. It is, it's something that I'm a big proponent of. And I remember I was doing a, I did a trip up to, I think it was Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. It was like a three and a half hour ride. And I had like three EPs, like two EPs and three albums that I listened to. I'm like, okay, let's just run them straight through and see what happens. And it's, it's intense, but it's, it's so, it's so much, I just think it's, it's better just because again, you get the overall feel of it. And then you really put yourself in that situation to experience the album through and through. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That I think that's a that's a good uh, a good benchmark too for how to listen to music um, and just focus on it. Driving definitely is kind of been a thing for me too. That's helped a lot when it comes to just really kind of emerging yourself into something. So, I'll say, did you do something like that a lot when you were working on writing this record and really taking it in and really, especially with some of the different influences and different things you were thinking, just really working through that in terms of like maybe listening to music while just driving in the car and just letting your thoughts really take hold. Yeah, I, I think with this record, it was real interesting because typically, you know, you would write, especially with lyrics, because for the uh, for the whole kind of overview of this record and how we did it, um, a lot of the song, we, we had written a lot of different um, parts of, of songs. And then we went up 
um, to rural Kentucky and uh, pre-proed all of the instrumentals with Isaac from Knocked Loose. So he had a huge, um, he had a huge say in kind of how the songs were structured. We also had a lot of input. And so it was a, it was a great collaboration. Um, but after that, that happened in February of 2020. And so after that, we, um, that's when COVID really started to take hold. And so it became more of a uh, matter of trying to figure out how to replicate a normal writing kind of situation in order to write the lyrics to the record. And so at times, I think it's, it presented something that's so unique that'll never come up again. And that's this 2020 as a year and kind of the, um, the, the, the situation surrounding it, I, I, you'll, I'll never have uh, another writing, um, another writing session like that, where it's being, the songs are being written while this kind of doom scroll of, you know, of nightmarish reality is playing in the background. And I'm stuck in my one bedroom apartment by myself, you know, and there's no real hope kind of for the music industry or for even touring or for even releasing this record, you know, to be honest with you, like there's no one really was going to want to release a record while there was no idea to tour or that wasn't even, you know, going to be a, a player. Uh, so yeah, the record was written in a very specific place that'll never be able to be replicated properly. So um, as far as like what I, what I would do to like get into the right mindset, I wouldn't, I would sometimes drive and listen to it, but it, the mindset never really left. So I usually would just sit down and it would, uh, it would come pouring out until I was like kind of numb and then I would stop and then just repeat every day until it was done. Holy shit. That's one hell of a way to go about it too. But then again, I love what you said about the fact that there's going to be no other time in, in your life where you're going to be able to write with that kind of a mentality with what everything was going on because I mean, is there going to be another pandemic that we're going to have to go through something like this? Right, I, I, right. I mean, the last and time they if, had a pandemic like this. And the like thing is, is that even if that does happen, it'll never go the same way. Like now that this has happened in all of our lifetimes, if it happens again, it's not going to be the same at all. It's not going to feel the same. There's going to be, you know, probably a lot of different safeguards in place. So the shutdown's just not going to be the same. So it, it, it's truly like, completely unimitatable what's happening right now like it can't be imitated we this is such a unique time that i feel fortunate that i was able to write during it because it, it it won't ever come out like this again oh, oh god no nothing will ever come out like this again and right. not only with you but like with a bunch of other bands as well in the scene it's just everything that's happening that's happened over the past year especially with some of the music that's coming out it's I think a lot of people kind of took that time, of course, to write because what else is there to do at that point when touring was non-existent? There was really no hope for it in the not too distant future. So right. what else are we going to do? And what else are you going to be able to kind of maintain even at times for even like everybody else, your own sanity, because you're kind of locked away, shut down from everybody kind of having to be on your own. It's how do you express certain emotions? How do you express certain things? How do you express the certain anxiety might be building up inside you? Maybe you have deprived, maybe it might be something, who knows what it is, but be able to kind of take that mindset, sit down and write, especially with everything that everyone has gone through over the past year. When listening to this record, what's going to happen is, is they're going to be able to connect the dots with, again, those emotions that they had, that you had when you were writing this. And even as time goes on, this is going to be a, a, like a, an event that 
people are never going to forget due to the drastic change that it caused and how long it's continued on since. Right, exactly. Um, and, and like I said, not to tie it completely back to one of the first things that I said in this, but uh, I think it's up to the artist to give context to that because I feel like we've been fed so much already about any number of different political and factual and scientific and all of that. There's never, there's not really been a real artistic kind of stamp on the last year. And I think it's, um, it's up to um, artists and musicians in general to give it context so that we can kind of, you know, come to some sort of closure and kind of make some sort of sense of this, you know. Now, Justin, that is something I absolutely 100% agree with as well, because again, it kind of relates back to that quote of art decorates space, music decorates time, where it's one thing I'm always a big, a big proponent of is when it comes to music, because people connect with it so emotionally, it and with artists describing their emotions through it, it helps people describe emotions that they had gone through or going through that they have trouble really trying to explain. It's like, well, what was it like to go through something like this? What was it like to go through depression, anxiety, have happiness, feel like confident in yourself? And if it's hard to explain, it's like, well, I would listen to this song and this song perfectly kind of drove that whole entire feeling, perfectly explained it. So when it comes to people trying to come to grips of what happened in 2020, what's happening right now and getting back to the return of live music and everything, getting back to normal, it's how do we express what happened during that time? How do we express our feelings? People, How do we express those, express those emotions? How do we explain that? Honestly, people are going to end up looking to artists and musicians to put their stamp on it because it will help explain it. And there are artists and musicians right now that are doing that. You being one of them as well. You guys are doing that to really help us come to grips with and come to terms with what has happened since March of 2020. Right, right, exactly. And, and uh, it, it will hopefully keep growing and, you know, more and more, more and more artists will, will at least stay, you know, in, in, uh, in the bounds of what kind of what's happening and not try to try to, you know, run from it or pretend it never happened. I think that might be the one thing that could be the worst outcome of this is if, you know, things just go back to, you know, how they were without any, any mention of, you know, the last year, I think it deserves, it deserves a, a good hard look by everyone. I think it definitely does. And even like seeing some of the music that's coming out now, especially with more of the like hard rock and metal realm of things, including all the subgenres behind it as well. I'm seeing a lot of the music that's coming out in 2021 that does tackle some of these themes and these emotions and feelings in certain ways. Beartooth being one of them, um, Rise Against, my favorite band, of course, being one of them as well with more of a political stance behind it. Uh, While She Sleeps is uh, put out something that kind of really tackled a little bit of that mentality in a different way. So again, there's definitely examples of that happening. So I do agree with you where the one thing we don't want to see is artists kind of shying away from this because then... It's kind of like when people look back at 2020 and early 2021, it's kind of like just this black hole of emotions where people want to stay as far away from it because if you start to think about it, you're going to get sucked in all the negativity behind it when artists can help and musicians can help. You kind of come to terms with everything, make sense of everything, really be able to understand the emotions that you went through and everything. And essentially, as time goes on, not be scared of it in a way. Right. And also, I think to to another extent, it'll there will always be a very a very distinct morbid curiosity and, and, and being able to document all this is going to just play off as uh, some sort of historical event more so than anything. And I think that's important, honestly, I think that's really important that we're here to uh, we're here to document what's, you know, what's happening. 
Yeah, because when it comes to like the contextual stuff, when it comes to just, you know, the events that happened, yeah, history books are going to basically contextualize that. But when it comes to the emotions that people went through, how do you contextualize that? That's where artists and music come in. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and I think the ultimate there too is that uh, the facts and the science is going to be there forever. Um, but one of the things that I think uh, at, at least, you know, American society has, has lacked over the past, you know, couple hundred years is a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of huge insta- instances would happen in American history. And uh, we don't really have too much of a, too much of a, a, a real context to it. We have what happened and then we have, you know, news sources and we have, you know, political sources, but we don't really have a ton of everything else and and now in an age where social media is as popular as it is there will always be another element of that but even to grow bigger than social media i think uh you know to the most to the most uh genuine level um art speaks uh volumes with stuff like this oh absolutely i think a good example that would be take a look at a band like uh creedence clearwater revival especially with a lot of the music they made during the Vietnam War era, because it's, right. when it comes to more of that rebellious anti-war spirit, I'm like, I'm thinking about, okay, is there something that kind of can, we can relate to and really feel the emotion behind it? Honestly, listen to CCR. You're going to end up being able to pull that out. When it comes to certain things else in the past, you know, go back to like the 20, like even the 1920s because of how big jazz was at the time. And again, the roaring twenties, how big it was and mm-hmm. the pro and the more American prosperity that was happening it does make sense that you're going to get some more of these, you know, happier kind of vibes going on. But honestly, a lot of stuff before that where music necessarily wasn't, it couldn't be really recorded and those sounds got lost. We know the facts of what happened. We know the events, but we don't understand the emotions of what the people went through because we've lost that art. We've lost that touch. We've lost that connection between our, per- like basically the historical side and the emotional side that goes along right. with it. And I think it's, you know, kind of ties back to our humanity and how we uh, how we relate to the world. And I think even bigger than than, uh, you know, some bands have always been able to kind of speak. But I, I think it's interesting that um, a lot of times when highly politicized things happen, a lot of the voices that we know the most are political voices. And they are not voices that are saying this is what happened in context with my life it's not necessarily political and it's probably you know maybe not even necessarily positive or like uh yeah positive or or even uh popular but it it is relatable in in a real kind of human sense and then you kind of put that in art and kind of give it its own its own obscured kind of thing and then people can you know read into it that way and that more so is a, a product of you know the 21st you know, century and something that we've been doing a lot more recently. So I think this event exactly is going to be a benchmark for the future of this kind of, uh, this kind of, uh, way to emote. It's gonna be a benchmark for history going forward due to again, to the fact that I think I'll go back to using the Vietnam war as kind of like the first like opening kind of realm of it due to the fact that you strictly had, songs and strictly in music and art that was really especially music because that's where i'm gonna go with this is more strictly focusing on the emotions that people of you know, that certain people were feeling at that time and as time has gone on people really kind of start to take hold of that but when it comes to this pandemic 
everyone has gone through this. It's every like this didn't this didn't just like keep some people off to the side. This didn't just you know affect a certain group of people. No, this affected every single person. So when it comes to music and art, it's every single artist, every single musician has a chance to put their stamp on it, put their stamp on the emotions that were felt through it, and then all these different genres, whether it's metal, rock, country, pop, hip hop, um, jazz. I mean, you you name it. Everyone's be able to put their stamp on it, and then everybody who listens to all those different genres, anybody that listens to music, is be able to connect with what had happened and understand the emotion. We'll be able to come to terms with what had happened instead of just looking at it on paper, where it's already in 2020 there was this pandemic. This this is what happened. This is how many people died. This is the political side of it. Just instead of keeping it as just you know cut and dry, very binary instead of ones and zeros, just you're gonna end up creating this gigantic picture. That in the future, people are going to be able to look back at and really understand what we went through in terms of, okay, this is what happened. But how did it feel like to go through this? Well, here's a whole list of music that explains it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's important. It is. It is. It is absolutely important. Absolutely paramount. And again, when it comes down to the fact that you guys want to make sure that this album does have and your music has more of this like timeless feel to really connect with it. It does make a lot of sense with using this as kind of the catalyst for due to the fact that. Again, people could be listening to Wrist Me, Me Razor 15, 20, 30 years down the line and all of a sudden listening to these songs and be able to connect it with the emotion of the time that you were writing these songs and be able to connect with everything that was going on instead of, you know, instead of this is what happened, this is what it felt like to be able to go through something like that, to have to go through something like that and to feel like potentially at times, you know, you're lost. You don't know what the hell is going on because hell, for a good amount of time during 2020, we had no idea what to expect the next day. Right, exactly. And like I said, I, I think uh, there's, you know, a bunch of different elements to it. There's a morbid kind of curiosity that'll that'll creep up as time moves on, just as there is with any kind of, you know, tragedy. So I, I, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of elements that I think are really built into, you know, one kind of situation that writing a record around it is, is a very unique experience that I'm, I feel fortunate to have been able to have, uh, despite you know what it was. I'd be looking forward to see what people have to say, especially when it comes out as well. Because, again, with knowing this whole entire idea behind it as well, and be able to hopefully get as many people as possible to know the whole entire idea around it, to then all, all right. of a sudden pick up a copy of the album when it comes out. Again, the album is Replica of a Strange Love coming out June eleventh, twenty twenty one. Again, there's my second big plug for that one. Woo, there we go. But really listening, especially like Last Tango in Paris is just, again, like I was kind of saying, like every part felt like there was like a little bit of a different influence there, a little bit of a different feel to it in that song. Not only just from like the verses and the chorus, but like the first verse and the second verse. Again, there was a completely different feel in terms of everything flowed together really nicely. Don't don't, don't get me wrong on that. But it felt like, again, each part had just this different kind of little emotional twist or different personality twist on top of it that just really made you think about everything that was going on, especially more around the time of, for me, when I was listening to it, just kind of thinking about how, especially before the pandemic is every kind of, everybody was kind of feeling, you know, happy, normal, but then all of a sudden we had to get shut down. And all of a sudden the complacency with what was going on in life at the time just completely got shattered because then all of a sudden we didn't know what the hell to expect the next day. And then all of a sudden as everything kept getting shut, stayed shut down. We were getting complacent with the fact that we might have to stay like this forever. And it was, it just took it just took some time where all of a sudden I don't know why I just really got a whole complacency feel off of this where it's yeah you don't want absolutely. like you don't want to have to be in that kind of a situation. Yeah, it's uh you know it's 
it's a lot of different things. And I, I, I don't, I've never wanted to give Last Tango or any of these songs too much of a uh, definition because I think, again, it's a lot up to the person listening to gather what they want. But the song itself was written um, just as a, uh, an ode to numbness and uh, how much, you know, how much I kind of looked back on the complacency of the past with, uh, with bitterness and kind of wishing that you know, I, I didn't ever want to get into that position again where I felt I felt complacent to a person or a thing. So that's basically what the song's about. It, it, it you know, it has a bunch of different themes to it, too. And I think thematically it can go in any number of different ways. There, there were things that I thought about while writing it that I, I don't even think really they're not really relevant to, you know, someone listening to it at all. And I wouldn't even really want to, you know, poison the well by telling people that. So. But whatever you get out of it, I like. And uh, if you get something positive out of it, I, I like it even more. So. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong, because whenever I go deep into a song and I try and figure out the meaning, if I talk to an artist about it, I'm always like, let me give you what I think it is first, because I don't want to end up. It's either like I want to see if it kind of matches up kind of where you were going with the song, but I don't never I never want to match up like perfectly 100 percent because. Again, we're two different people. We've gone through two completely different lifestyles in terms of when we were born to where we are now. Our experiences right. are completely different. However, the theme might be like the theme, the main idea. We might have the same idea, but then where we take that, that all depends upon what we've gone through, what we've experienced. And when it comes to the whole entire complacency thing, I mean, there was a time in life where all of a sudden I'm like, I graduated college. I'm like, oh boy, I got the world on my shoulders. I got everything in front of me. I gave it six months and all of a sudden I was sitting there thinking, is this what the rest of my life is going to be like? Wake up, go to like a nine to five job, go home, sleep, repeat until I'm like 65, 66, probably older than that. And then just wither away. Like, is, is, is this what life is supposed to be like? Because it was it felt easy. And I'm just like, right. I was scared shitless of it. And it just I, I, I became bitter, like like you said, bitter that complacency feel. So again, when I came to the whole complacency style of it. I did connect with it on that route. However, the way that I connected with it might be a completely different way than you had connected with it when you were writing it. Right. No, absolutely. And I think that's kind of what makes music so magical. And I, you know, I, I didn't really think about it. It wasn't really written from a, a complacency like you just mentioned. However, I've felt that too. And I've been in that situation. I, you know, also worked I, 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 don't, I don't even really ever talk about this, but I, I used to be a teacher. I was a teacher for a couple of years out of college. And uh, yeah, I felt the same thing. It felt very, felt very uh, mundane and locked into a schedule. And it wasn't, it, it feels like a trap. And, and in a lot of ways, I kind of related some of the themes in, the, in, this, in this song and multiple other songs to the idea that uh, Foucault came up with when he was discussing prisons and uh, relating them to how we create our own prisons. And this song kind of in a, in, in a nutshell is about escaping your own prison as well. So I think it, it relates in more ways than I even, you know, than I would even originally imagine to other people that have nothing to do with the song, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, take a look at what just happened with us when we talk about these different instances where kind of the specifics of these instances might be different, especially like what we kind of went through. But it's the emotion that's tied in there and the feeling that's tied in there, which is kind of the same, which again, kind of like that base of the meaning 
of the song, but then how people take and how people can like take it for themselves. It's again, going to be based on their personal experiences, what they went through, what their mindset is to really form this for themselves. Right. Exactly. And so, that's, where, and that's yeah. where, I'll say that's where you get the music that is absolutely the most powerful because it connects with people on such a different way and it speaks to everybody. And it, again, like I said earlier, when people are trying to, when I'm trying to describe something to someone, it's like, how did it feel to go through something like this? I'm like, um, let me see if I can find a song for you that really puts it in perspective because there are times where it's hard to explain. But if I, if I put out a song there again, it's the artist is putting out their interpretation of that emotion as well. And if it's something that I really connect with and I match up with that emotion, I'm going to play it because if I'm connected to the emotion, if you're the one that made that kind of emotional connection on that song, if I show it to someone else, they might get a, they might have the same emotional connection, but again, they're going to be related to so many different things where all of a sudden we're connecting all to the same song for all different reasons. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, and that kind of ties to the, the magic of live music as well. And that's why live music has been so sorely missed is that experience, having that same experience with, you know, hundreds or thousands of other people simultaneously is something that can't be replicated anywhere else in life. Like you can't recreate that unless you're at a concert or a show. So, Oh, oh God, no, you can't recreate that at all. Like you, we can talk about it and you can listen to it and you can agree with us, but it's not the same, you know, it'll never be the same. No. Cause for, for me, it's just, uh, here's a perfect example for it because there are, I always look at it. There are two places that I go to where it's kind of like my mind just becomes perfectly at ease in terms of, I just have to focus on what's going on right in front of me. And it's when I'm at at a concert scene, live music, or I'm at the gym. And of course the pandemic, you know, both things got knocked out, but then after like two months, all of a sudden the gym was able to open back up. So I had that back, but there are, but it's not the same. It's not as powerful of an experience because at the gym, yes, I am focused on one thing. I'm able to clear my mind, but it's just me. That's going through what I'm going through. When it comes to live music, it's there are literally thousands of people that are at these venues. We are all going, we're all going to go and see this band because we have a positive connection to them or a song or just their message somehow. Doesn't matter what it is, but we all have this certain positive connection. And when we're there, it's now it's this whole entire group thing where everyone is just in, in this whole entire state of euphoria. Whether you're on the side, whether you're on the balcony, whether you're like me going crazy in the pit, it doesn't matter. Everyone is just in this state of happy euphoria because it seems like the world makes sense at that moment. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, you know, I think that's another thing that's kind of been real hard as people look forward to these moments. They kind of give you a break from your own personal reality so you can refocus on everything else. And so, uh, yeah, that's one of the most sorely missed things of the last year. And hopefully that'll be uh, that'll be rectified in the next couple of months. So that, that's what I'm hoping for, seeing different shows pop up, whether they're smaller shows, just like a couple like bar venues with, with a little stage, whether it's when my favorite uh, music venue here in Milwaukee gets going again, even though I have I think the nearest show they have maybe that's on the schedule is in August. Still got my ticket for that one. So, yes. And then seeing all the festivals that are happening as well that are still potentially happening, releasing their lineups as well. I'm just thinking, again, it's it sucks that I still got to wait for these, but again, there's like a, there's finally a date set. There's finally a right. moment where I can look forward to and be like, that's it. That's the time. It's, it's hopeful. It's inspiring right. hope at some point. It's inspiring hope in so many people that live music is coming back where it's inspiring the ability of happiness, that ability of just connecting with so many people, the ability, the, the happiness of community. It's inspiring all that hope. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely is. 
and we need that back. And also, we need you back on stage as well, because after listening to uh, Last Tango Paris, I'm just like, again, yeah. Can I get in the mosh pit for this thing? Because if if, some, <laughs> if someone goes absolutely crazy in this, if I break my nose like almost did a couple of times, you'll probably still see me like, uh, did somebody just break their nose in the pit? And they'll be me. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Don't worry. We're good. We're good. I'm happy. I'm having a fun time. Also, my nose will be like three inches that way. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Yeah, hopefully we'll be up in uh, Milwaukee as soon as we can possibly be there. Because I like being in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a good spot. So good shows there. So I always enjoy up here. But all of a sudden, if, if for some reason you can't make it here and you end up playing in Madison, Wisconsin, or if you end up playing in Chicago, each are literally less than an hour and a half drive for yeah. me. And with how much great music, how much great band, how many great bands come out of Chicago and how many bands that have come out of Chicago that I absolutely love them, like, if there's a show in Chicago and it's possible for me to get there, the likelihood of be there is 95%. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm in. Let's go. Drive down to like Wilmette or to Skokie, which is there, like one of their northern suburbs. Take the train in because, well, then I don't have to park my car downtown Chicago right. and I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. All all great spots. All great spots. All, all great spots. And again, hope to see you up here uh, soon, well, especially when like live music returns because one thing I noticed especially was – People are always talking about, especially in the media, like, oh, rock and rock is dead. Metal is dead. It's just, it's dying. I'm like, wait, hold up, pump the brakes here. Have you been to a live show recently? Because there are times where I'll go to the rave here in Milwaukee. They've got three different stages. And there are times where they have a hard rock or a metal act or any of the subgenres in the basement stage, which is the smallest one. Right. And right. people are lining up outside the door just trying to get in somehow. It's, it's yeah. the demand is absolutely insane, but it's just, it's never talked about. Yeah, you know, rock music will never, will never really die. It might die in, you know, the eyes of the mainstream or the eyes of, you know, music critics or whoever. People that don't really matter, honestly. If, if you care about it and you're willing to go out of your way to buy it or to attend a live show, then it, it'll always be alive. That's how I see it, at least. It, it'll always be alive. And I think another big reason is because it's the community of people that are around there as well from the bands to the fans as well. It's everyone. Every, I there's time. There's very few times I've gone to a show where I haven't I left in this like full on state of like incredible, like happiness and euphoria. And the, and like the few times that I haven't only one time was because like, I'm like, yeah, the show was okay. It wasn't the best thing. It wasn't like, like the craziest thing I'd ever seen. There was another time where I'm like, I left. It was like, I just was going through a bunch of shit in life, but it was something that I absolutely needed. Thanks to uh, uh, an acoustic set from Breaking Benjamin. That one really hit me in the, uh, hit me in the heart on that one. But it's something where, again, it's the community is there. The people are there. You're going to go and it's people, you're going to end up talking to so many different people at these shows again. And everyone's experiencing the music in a positive way. Specifics are different, but again, it's the overall emotion that's tied to it is incredibly positive to the point where, like I said, there are people lining up outside these venues to try and get in, especially in 2019. There are people lining up outside the rave trying to get into certain shows. And the reason they couldn't was because they were sold out. They would have moved them to a different stage, but there was a different band on that stage already. So you kind of got to, you know, honor those different contracts. But I remember I was seeing, uh, this is November. They had some pop artists in the ballroom, which is a bigger one. They had some alternative artists in the, uh, in the club level, which is the middle one. Then the basement one, it was awake at last, light the torch, Fit for a King and the headliner was Ice Nine Kills. And nice. that that show sold out faster than the other three. And I don't think the other three even sold out. And there was so much demand. They were like, do, can, should we move these around because of how many people are trying to get into this show? They didn't. I still had my ticket, though. And it was, well, I still talk about that show every now and again. So 
you can tell rave, like, it's awesome. Is the rave the venue that's haunted? Is yes. that the rave? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's I've never been able to play there yet, but I've heard, uh, was it, is it's like, there's like another basement that has a pool and that's haunted, right? That's what it is. Yeah, there's uh, and I think there's there's supposedly two ghosts. There's one that's a janitor, and there's one that's supposedly the a fifteen year old boy who drowned in the pool. And mm-hmm. over uh, over Halloween this past year, because they're trying to make money, they're trying to stay afloat somehow. They they play off the whole entire haunted vibe of it. So they ended up doing haunted tours of the venue where mm-hmm. they literally you paid like fifty, like forty or fifty bucks, depending upon the time you were gonna go. You got like an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes. They turned off all the lights. They gave you a flashlight. and They said, "Go nuts." <laughs> <laughs> that's and the whole entire- actually amazing that's actually really cool that's something i would absolutely do <laughs> oh i was i was all in it the whole entire time i'm just walking around thinking where the hell is this damn pool because i know it's here somewhere i have like i don't know where it is but i know it's here somewhere got right. down to the basement stage and i'm like okay it's got to be around here somewhere because you know you're not going to have a pool further up like you're going to have it where you can have right. it on the ground all of a sudden, I started walking behind. I found this door. I opened up, and boom, there's the pool. I'm just you found it. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> and there were a couple of people that were behind me, and they were looking like they were kind of creeped out by it because the, the venue, like the, they put a smoke machine at the bottom of the pool to kind of make it. If you want, oh, if really? you found it, like it was gonna be a lot yeah. creepier. So everyone's kind of freaked out over it. I got my light. I'm shining it all over the walls because every single, like almost every single artist that comes through there, they let them go to the pool and sign the pool right. walls or the walls around there. And I was there in fact seeing, okay, what bands do I know and what shows of these bands that signed there did I go see? And I'm like trying to pick out every single one. Yeah, I, I, like three. I had heard uh, I had heard that the rave didn't want people to get into that pool area because that was the area where someone died, right? There was some sort of yeah. aspect of the pool that they didn't want people to see. But then I know bands and people that have been on tour with bands that have been allowed into that area. And they've said it, it feels real heavy, real, real strange vibe down there. It does because it's, I think the pool closed. I think they shut it down like the mid eighties or something. So it like nothing has changed in there just because of all the moisture that was in there. It kind of does have a little bit more of that like mildewy dark effect to it. So it definitely like, if you think about like what things would look like haunted in a horror movie, this is it. Like this is perfect for it. (laughs) And of course, and of course, everyone's freaked out. I'm trying to find different band signatures. I'm like, right. oh shit, did I go to this show? I know, I, I know, I saw that band, but I didn't see that at that show. Nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. And all of a sudden, yeah. we're walking around. People are still getting scared. I'm like, God damn it, I need to find one that's good. All of a sudden, I turn them. <laughs> I turn to the side. Big giant one that says Ice Nine Kills was here. I'm like, let's find the date. All right, someone take my picture next to this one. I need it. <laughs> There's just me just going the whole entire time <laughs> just being a goof but i'm like i just looked yeah. at like this is so cool and then they're telling the, the there's also a story where there's a janitor that died there and they have a chair set up for for him like in a certain area and apparently the chair will move over the course of the night and if for some reason someone else moves the chair from that spot then all of a sudden apparently just all it creepy crumbles. havoc breaks loose right interesting yeah i I'm jealous. I, I would, I definitely like, hopefully I'll be able to do that at some point. Cause it seems, sounds very interesting. I'll, I'll say when it, when it comes time, because here, like you're in the upper Midwest, I don't know what it is, but when it comes to rock and metal, it is definitely not dead to the point where those shows that, that are come here, they're consistently the most like percentage wise, the most sold um, energy wise. They are the absolute craziest and the most fun. I think the only the only one that might have been crazier was the one time when I saw us uh, Seven Dust was performing, but then they were opening for In This Moment, 
and below us was uh tech nine and his whole entire crew so all of a sudden it's like here's in this moment playing and all of a sudden we're here we're feeling the bass from the floor from tech nine how crazy is it? and everyone's like um can we just get everybody to play together because i'm pretty sure right. everyone want to be in this in this giant ballroom just hanging out having a good time all of a sudden here comes in this moment okay here comes tech nine here comes seven dust <laughs> everybody's happy yeah very cool very cool yeah i know i've heard i've heard good things about the rings so i i'm definitely a fan without having been there i'm already a fan nice well i will say this if you it, please do come to the rave if you get a chance and i will definitely make sure that no matter what when you are on stage and you guys get that mosh pit forming i'm gonna be right in the middle of it yeah there we go and if oh, you guys yeah. end up if you end up being the band that sends me to like to the hospital or the er for the first time again i don't want to do that because i know how expensive that can be but you know what <laughs> someone's got to do it <laughs> right yeah I, I feel it i respect it it's gonna be awesome and i really do hope that at some like again some point when live shows do return that you will end up coming back to Milwaukee. but also when it comes to live shows i do have to ask this question because with the new right. album coming out on june 11th again plug number three right there for you want to make sure you get the album name right so i don't mess it up the album name is called replica of a strange love boom there it is okay that was really weird going instead of going boom there it is i went boom there it is but when it comes to live music coming back as well, what are you guys doing in terms of being getting ready to promote this album in a live music setting and really just returning to live music in general? Well, uh, right now, I, things are very up in the air with uh, a lot of the, the big, larger scale tours right now because a lot of things are, I think, in my opinion, being moved from the 2020 kind of era to now. So a lot of the stuff that was already booked just getting pushed right to, you know, right now. But the uh, the plan is still to tour. So uh, if we have it our way, we'll we'll be touring the whole U.S. by uh, the end of this year, if not by the fall. So that's the plan. I hope to God that plan comes true, though. And I mean, I know you might have a couple of certain things in the works right now. I'm not going to ask about those because if they're not official, I don't want to know about them right. because I don't want to put something out there. It's like, oh, hey, they said this and then it didn't come true. And then all of a sudden we all look stupid. No one wants to right, like right, that. Right. But it's just somewhere, again, it get, for someone like myself, too, it gives me hope for the fact that you guys are planning on touring in 2021, either like late summer, early fall. It depends upon what ends up happening. Also, if there are certain tours with other bands, what bands are going to be able to tour with at the time? You never know what might happen. But, I mean, after listening to The Last Tango Paris, the uh, me now being super anticipated for Replica of a Strange Love, it's going to be somewhere, especially with those more like kind of like you could fit in with like a hardcore hard, ah, hardcore punk crowd like a metalcore crowd metal crowd honestly even just get like a hard like a hard rock band kind of just leading into it it just depends upon the flow of the overall uh kind of the the way the the, the tour separates like okay this band goes on this band goes on all of a sudden kind of just perfectly have it so that the fans really it's kind of like set up a tour is kind of like setting up an album in a way too where it's just have the flow go really nicely from one band to the other and just take people on it kind of on on a ride in its own just based on the bands that are there. It's something that's pretty cool. So it's going to be interesting to see just not only where you're going to be touring, but with what bands as well, because it could be really anybody in the rock and metal sphere. Yeah, no, definitely. And there are a lot of agents and uh, managers and band members that take, you know, tour selections very serious. So I, I agree. I think, I think whatever ends up happening will, will do justice to one of the things that you said for sure. I just do justice to I'll put it this way. If you're going to do justice to one thing, it's just going to be this. Keep making kick-ass music. Thank you. Yeah, that's the plan. That's, that's the plan. 
That's the plan. And it feels like at this point, kind of a great way to kind of close this conversation on itself right now. Again, everybody, Replica of the Strange Love coming out June 11th, 2021. You can listen to Last Tango in Paris right now. And as we close out, Justin, one thing I always like to do is give the artist of the band that's on a chance to just say whatever they want to at the end of the show, just plug anything they want to plug, whatever it might be. So, Justin, floor is yours. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, letting me do this. I appreciate all the support and help and being able to do uh, podcasts like this are really important. Um, the record comes out June 11th. Um, if you haven't yet, you can buy, you can pre-order the vinyl at our website, www.riskmeatraiser.com. We uh, were running low on our first press. So it's definitely something you want to jump on. We also have a mailing list there and uh, people on the mailing list are getting extra stuff lots of extra stuff so join up go visit the website do your thing well now i'm going to end this podcast with four things i usually do three but i do four one because you're saying you know you got a vinyl out for this ready to go and have to the first right now the first press rather limited i mean this this vinyl player right here is kind of hungry for new music so i think right after this podcast i'm gonna end up logging on to your website and uh end up picking up a copy for myself as well so that brings awesome. me to number two, which is my usual standard number one. When it comes to Risk Meat Razor, when it comes to being able to find the band online, social media-wise, and be able to come to be able to stream their music and pre-save Replica of a Strange Love, I know what you guys are thinking. Can we just make this simple and just like have a place where we can click on all the links and just go right there? That's what I have in the description of this podcast for you. So look at YouTube, Stop Out Podcast, iHeartRadio. You'll find Find Risk Meat Razor online, and you're going to see just this a label of everything the links are going to be there. I make it as easy as possible for you to find the band, buy some merch, check out their music, and pre-save Replica of a Strange Love when it comes out on June 11th. So I got you covered on that one. Now time for number three. Now, Justin, this is something that when it comes to me having guests on the podcast that I absolutely enjoy having on the podcast. So this is like 100% of them because I love doing this. This one, absolutely no exception to the rule. So this is definitely happening. It is a promise I love to make because for having you on the podcast, I want to see you play live. I mean, hell, I've been talking about the, I've been talking up the rave to you. So I want to see you play live here or anywhere for that matter. So here's my promise to you because it's not an if it is a, when I get to see you play live for the first time. My promise is this. If you're drinking, man, first round's on me. If you're not, well, then pizza's on me. There we go. (laughs) I like Sprite. So I don't drink, but I do like Sprite. Well, I, I had someone else on that uh, a couple weeks ago. They were there like, yeah, we don't drink, but uh, if you buy me a Diet Coke, we'll be good. I'm like, I'll take that as a yes. Sprite, I'll take that as a yes as well. So I got you covered on that one. So cool. Justin, in all good conscience, I cannot end this podcast a goodbye because, well, I want to see you play live. I want to see you keep kicking ass. I want to see you keep doing what you do. And hell, I got pr- I got I got to pay up on my debt right now at some point. I got to see you play live and I got to get you a Sprite. So I cannot, end this with, I can't end this with a goodbye. I got to end this with. See you later. Definitely. See you very soon. Whoa, whoa, folks. That's my with Justin Fortnite from the band Wrist Meat Razor. Again, Replica of a Strange Love. Their brand new comes out on June 11, 2021. If you're a big fan of Metalcore, if you love this stuff, this is going to be a band you want to get into because listen to our new song, Last Tango in Paris. It does have one hell of a feature on it with Knocked Looses. God, what's his name? I completely forgot. It's Isaac something. Oh, my God. Look at me really messing this up. Yikes. Kevin, what are you doing? But yes, it's got Isaac from Knock Loose on there. It is a great track. It just has so many different flowing parts to it. You will absolutely love it if you love metalcore. It is heavy. It's hard. 
it's raw. That's the best way to put it. It is just raw. So definitely go check it out. I will be checking it out when the time comes for this album to come out on June 11th. Who's going to be listening to it? Me. Who's going to make sure you listen to it? Me. So when it comes to, again, everything with Wrist Meets Razor, please check out the description of the podcast. You can follow them on other socials, buy some of their merch, support them, appreciate the album, stream some of their music, and also follow us at MSOP Rocks and the Core Progression Podcast as well. On that note, that's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Core Progression Podcast. But to like, uh, bleh. Rocks for Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one up to the big, healthy, and hearty Yeah. Oh.